protocol is everywhere and it's an eternal principle you cannot dodge it and the reason why many lives are confused and are in a confused state is because they hate protocol and they fail to live according to protocol so things become difficult but it is because men don't like protocol and men fight protocol so what is protocol protocol is an accepted or established code of procedure or behavior in any group organization or situation the reason why protocol is so important is so that order is established so protocol is the only way by which order can be maintained wherever protocol is undermined confusion is inevitable you need this if you will be a high flyer in life the principle of protocol now your word in season Thank you, Lord. Oh, Lord, my God, I trust in you. I trust in you. You are my God. You are my God. Oh God, my Lord. Oh Lord, my God. I trust in you. I trust in you. I trust in you, Lord. I trust in you. You are my God. You are my God. Let's sing it again. Oh Lord, my God. Oh Lord, my God. I trust in you, Lord. I trust in you. I trust in you. I trust in you. You are my God. You are. Let's sing it. There is nothing, there is nothing, there is nothing you cannot do. There is no mountain, there is no mountain you cannot move. I trust in you, Lord. I trust in you. You are my God. You are my God. There is nothing you cannot do there is nothing you cannot do there is no mountain I trust in you Lord I trust in you you are my God you
There is no sickness you cannot heal. There's no problem you cannot solve. I trust in you. You are my God. You are my God. Sing it again. There is no sickness you cannot heal. There's no sickness you cannot heal. There's no problem. There's no problem. You cannot solve. I trust in you. You are my God. You are for the last time. Oh Lord, my God. Oh Lord, my God. I trust in you, Lord. I trust in you. I trust in you, Lord. I trust in you. You are my God. You You can celebrate Jesus. Praise God. On today's Blessing Sunday, I'm going to, I'm going to pronounce blessings on you. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I would always want to remind you that God, you see, God is a rational God. You see. So it's important that your mind works when you're a Christian. The fact is that this may sound like an insult, but it's not. You know, it's sensible people that receive Jesus. Sensible people that can work with Jesus. <laughs> I tell you. Because sometimes it looks like faith is senseless. And it's like it's not sensible. It's not true. Everything about faith is sensible. It's sensible. It's spiritual sense. <laughs> Praise God. You know, in Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18, God stretches his hand to place an invitation. Then he says, come now, come, and let us reason together. God is beckoning people to come so that you and God reason. 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 I've not lived in a generation before. This is the generation I find myself. But I think that the pressure on the people in this generation to deny Christ is more than ever. Because probably the devil knows that the end is at hand. The number of people that want people to feel that serving Christ and serving the Lord is foolish are multiplying. But thanks be to God. He said the gates of hell shall not prevail. Please, serving God is very reasonable. Very reasonable. If I should go and come 100 times, I will choose to serve Jesus. I tell you. Not because I'm a pastor. Me, I'm a Christian first before a pastor. I'm a child of God. I fear God. The fear of God is intact in my life. It's not that I'm a pastor. And, no, I was a child of God before I became a pastor. Yeah, I, I, leave, I leave out the word of God. It's not because I'm a pastor. So you see, serving God is reasonable. Tell your neighbor, uh, serving God is reasonable. Come on, tell another person, serving God is very reasonable. So don't let anybody deceive you. Don't let 
anybody deceive you. All right? This morning, I would like to share something short with you. I'll continue next week on the principle of protocol. The principle of protocol. You need this if you will be a high flyer in life. The principle of protocol. Most of the time when protocol is in place, people tend to make it look like a demon is trying to resist them from accessing something. But most of the time it's because people don't respect protocol. Whether physically or spiritually. So things become difficult and it look as if access is not possible. But it is because men don't like protocol and men fight protocol. And I want to bring to your minds the importance of protocol and how you must respect protocol and apply yourself to protocols so that you will become a high flyer in this life. And not just in this life, but even in the hereafter. In the name of Jesus. Have you ever heard somebody said, um, all protocols will be broken? Have you heard before? It doesn't just happen like that. That protocols are just broken. No. Probably if a superior protocol is breaking an inferior, that means you have beckoned on the superior and you are fulfilling the protocol of the superior. That is why it looks like a certain protocol is being broken. But then, the inferior would definitely submit to the superior. Protocol is everywhere and it's an eternal principle. You cannot dodge it. And the reason why many lives are confused and are in a confused state is because they hate protocol and they fail to live according to protocol. But I pray you will be different. You know, you can't receive a certain kind of information for a long time and not become somebody great. You know, the information you receive in this church would transform you, change you from glory to glory. So, you see, you are being prepared for higher things. So, if you don't understand this principle, you may struggle with many things. You, you, you cannot be here and not be great. It's not possible. To be here, if you stay in this church for six months and your grades in school doesn't change, you are not listening. If you don't start to get thoughts of building a house, you are not listening. If you don't see the goodness in marriage, you are not listening. If you don't see the blessing in prosperity, you are not listening. Uh, probably you, 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 are, you, are, no, you are not listening. If you open your heart for the information that comes from this altar, you will be transformed. Amen. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Look at somebody and say, oh, yes. Oh, yes. So, protocol. Protocol. And it's all through the scripture. Now, let's read some few scriptures before we start with definitions. Let's start from the book of John, chapter number 14, from verse 5 to 6. Protocol. Now, how many of you remember Thomas? You remember Thomas? 
You know, Thomas was a great guy. I believe that Thomas was one of the greatest disciples. Why? Because some of the powerful revelations that came from Jesus were because Thomas acted in a certain way. Was because he asked certain questions. Thomas was a person who, who asked questions. You know, he was, he was an inquisitive guy. He couldn't just take what you were saying. It was like, look, look, look. You have said this. Eh, I believe you, but explain further. <laughs> Throw more light. So here, Thomas is asking a question because Jesus had made a comment. All right? Now, let's go to verse 4 so that at least we can appreciate what Jesus said before Thomas asked his question. You listen to Jesus. No, let's go. Let's, let's even go backwards, okay? I think we'll appreciate it more. Verse, verse 3 or verse 2, anyway. Go back. In my father's house are many mansions. Just imagine Jesus talking like this. <laughs> In my father's house there are many mansions. And they are listening. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Thomas is there listening. <laughs> verse 3. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. This guy. He was listening. The next verse. And whither I go, ye know. And the way, ye know. Abba. Then Thomas said, uh, 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 Jesus. <laughs> Thomas was bold. He was a bold guy. I tell you. Peter and all of them went, mm, mm, glory. <sighs> Powerful. Thomas was like, no, Jesus, wait. <laughs> and do you know, asking questions is a proof that you have defeated pride. Asking questions. Not stupid questions. The right questions. <laughs> you know, some people can ask stupid questions. I tell you. But asking the right questions is a sign. It's a proof of humility. Because you accept that there's somebody who knows better than you. So you want to find out how to get things done well. When you meet proud people, when you tell them to do something, you know, most, most of the time, they don't ask any question. By the time you come, they have spoiled it. They won't ask you, please, how would you want it? How do you want it done? They won't ask anything. They look like they know everything. All knowing. <laughs> Omniscient. <laughs> Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not where thou goest. <laughs> That's all complicated in my mind. You say you know where I'm going. He said, we don't know. <laughs> and how can we know the way? Where you are going itself, we don't know. How do we know the way? Thomas, I th th clap for Thomas. Look, Thomas is a very powerful guy. If Thomas did not ask this question, the rest would be, mm, ah, preach it, man of God. <laughs> and you realize that they will close the service and they wouldn't know this detail. And it would have all of us we wouldn't know. Thank you, Thomas, for asking Jesus a question for us. Abba. <laughs> the next verse. Jesus said unto him, 
Have you seen that Jesus didn't say unto them? He said unto him. That means he got the blessing of the answer. Though everybody heard it, but you see, he was addressed. I pray that when you find yourself in places, you will be humble enough to ask sensible questions. Don't think when you ask questions, you get the people annoyed. No. When you, you, when you ask questions, it's a sign that you want to know more so that you can meet the standard. You don't ask questions. Mm -mm. That is why when we want to see you understood something, we prove you with questions. Examination is all questions. Then you answer. What do they want to know? They want to prove what they taught you. You understood it. I hope you understand the point. Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Look at such a powerful truth. We wouldn't have known it except for the question. Here, Jesus, right away, brings out the protocol of going to the Father. That if you want to access God, the Father, the creator of the universe, I am the only way. I am the truth. I am the life. So anybody that comes to you and tell you that you can go to the Father, but it is not by me. That is not the protocol. And do you know, all the religions of the world, they don't deny there is a father. But the son, they won't accept the protocol. No religion disputes the fact that there is God. No religion. No religion. But to accept that Jesus is the only way, that means they don't want to accept the protocol which was presented by Jesus. Are you getting the point? Amen. Amen. So listen to me. Maybe what you are worshipping is a certain father. Not the father Jesus says. The only people that have access to God the father, who is the creator of the universe, are those that have accepted this protocol that there is only one way to the father whose name is Oh, come on. Jesus. Shout his name and let the building feel you. Jesus. Jesus. The son of the living God. Even before we come to explain, okay, so what does it mean to be the son of God? Uh, blah, blah, blah. Listen to me. Protocol is protocol. When you meet a gate man, the gate man, who has been given an order that if you don't show a certain ID, you don't enter. Whether you are the relative of the boss, whether you are even the one that bought the tiles they use for the office, you say, look, I'm here. And protocol says that before you enter, you must show this card. If you don't have it, no access. And the man at the back may get angry. Do you know where I am? Do you know where I am? Do you know who, 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 who the boss is to me? That is how we, most of us behave. Instead of following protocol, we start getting angry. Listen to me. Anger doesn't solve any problem. Protocol will get you to the top. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Jesus says, I am the way. All through the scripture, we are presented with this protocol. Look at 
First John. You want eternal life? It is only through one man. What is his name? Jesus. Jesus. Others have come with many ideologies. Many presentations. The fact is that he warned us before. He said they will come. He said they will come. And they are here. And now social media has even made them popular. But the protocol remains the same. Before even we get definitions. I say 1 John chapter 5, verse number 11. I hope you are here. Protocol, protocol, protocol. I see promotion because you would adhere to protocol. 1 John chapter 5, verse 11. He says, and this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life. And where is this life? And this life is in his son. So you want this life? There is only one that has been given that mandate to give this life. It's his son. Go, verse 12. He that hath the son hath life. And he that hath not the son of God hath not life. The next verse. He says, these things have I written unto you. That believe on the name of the son of God. That ye may know that ye have eternal life. And that ye may believe on the name of the son of God. So how do you have access to eternal life? What is the protocol? The son gives eternal life. So the protocol is you believe in the son. The son gives you eternal life. You can't find it anywhere else. The protocol to access eternal life is through Jesus Christ. The son of the living God. Is somebody listening? Hallelujah. Let's read another scripture from the book of 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 5. 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 5. For there is one God. You know many people don't argue with the fact that there is one God. There's only a, a few people who have now started coming who are bringing doctrines that they, the gods, they change position every now and then. <laughs> Even before they came to preach to us, uh, those that were already here knew that there was Odomankoma, Obadie, and they had Somola gods. So they could appreciate the fact that there is Odomankoma. Odomankoma. It's not a word that they got after the white man came to preach to us. Oduman Kuma was already here. Totro Bonsu was already here. Who, who showed them? Nyan Sabwakwa. Nyame. Who showed them? Obo Sroni Asasi. Then he said, listen to them. Listen to them. All of them wanted a mediator. So they said, this supreme being is too big. So you can't just go to him. So pass through a creation, a creator to get to him. So they say, okay, okay, the way he placed us on earth, when we relate with things on earth, then we can reach him. So, Asasiya, Abotai, Nsio, and obviously, spirits live in these things. What were they looking for? They were looking for a mediator because this supreme being is too great that you can't approach him yourself. There is a protocol. So, before even we heard about Jesus, 
they were observing protocol because they knew you can't go to this supreme being directly. You need to pass through. Are you following the thing? Then the gospel was preached. Put the scripture back there. Then what was the gospel? We say, look, you have been always looking for mediators. There is only one God, which you know. And there's only one mediator. Don't let anybody deceive you that there are several mediators. Who is a mediator? Somebody that stands in between you and the one that you want to reach. Connection man. <laughs> you get the point? Connection man. One mediator between God and men. Who is the man? The man Christ Jesus. Many will present themselves as mediators. Look, they are offending protocol. They are breaking protocol. They will push and push and push and push. Listen to me. Don't be deceived. There is one God and one mediator between God and man. The man, Christ Jesus. Are you seeing protocol all over, all over there? So what is protocol? Ula gesita higher. What is protocol? Now, simple definition. Protocol is an accepted or established code or established code of procedure of procedure or behavior or behavior in any group, in any group, organization, or situation. Let me say it again. Protocol is an accepted or established code of procedure or behavior in any group, organization, or situation. So, when you enter any environment, amidst any group of people, there is protocol. There is an established way of doing things. Okay? There is an established way of procedure. An acceptable way that the community or the group of people behave. Are you following it? Praise God. So, every one of us we find ourselves in environments from time to time. Alright? But what is the importance of protocol? The reason why protocol is so important is so that order, order is established. So some of you or some of us, <laughs> let me say that before it sounds offensive. There is so much disorganization in our even personal lives. There's no protocol in our personal lives. That's why there's so much confusion. So, protocol is the only way by which order can be maintained. That is why you cannot, you cannot go into any organized environment and do what you like. You will be told, you can't do this here. Do you understand? Can you imagine you just buy gabines in a polythene? Then you wear kente cloth. Then you say, then you get to Mencia. 
Then when you get to Nana Ho you you wouldn't know where you will land. You, you wouldn't know where you will land. <laughs> or maybe you go to the Flagstaff house. Say, I'm also a Ghanaian. I'm a taxpayer. I want to see the president right now. <laughs> I'm a citizen. This is my Ghana card. <laughs> what do you think they will do to you? They will show. They will show. They will show you where you belong. Okay, somebody say, those places are too high places for us, isn't it? Okay. When there is no protocol in your house and anybody can enter your domestic space, there comes so much confusion in your domestic space that you can't even think right. When there's no protocol in church, ah, chaos. Look at that which lack of protocol has cost us in Africa. Anybody drinks water. Chum. Look at the state of our environment. When there's no protocol, there's no order. Order is established. If you have a company and you don't ensure you establish procedures, how things are done, there will be confusion in your company, in your office, in your home, in your personal life. It, listen, protocol, I said, is an eternal principle. And I want to see people who are so disciplined People who understand protocol. People who don't break protocols. But know how to function by protocols. So that they can rise to the ordained places. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Somebody shout a living amen. amen. Now in 1 Corinthians. I see you putting structures in place. Your personal life. I want to show you something. First Corinthians. Somebody say protocol. protocol. First Corinthians. Protocol must be in every place. Relationship. Your relationship must have protocol. Marriages must have protocol. Businesses must have protocol. The reason why there's confusion in your relationship is because there's no protocol. The reason why there's confusion in the marriage is because there's no protocol. You keep offending protocol, so there's always confusion in that institution. First Corinthians, First Corinthians, chapter number fourteen. Let's read verse thirty-three, then we'll read thirty-nine and forty. Now look at this: For God is not the altar of confusion. Somebody say, For God. It's not, the it's not the altar of confusion. And he says, but of peace. As in all churches of the saints. So, let me say this. That means God can create confusion, but not in his church. Why? Because the Tower of Babel, who created the confusion? The Tower of Babel, when he confounded their languages and they got confused. Whose act was that? It was God's act. But then, they were functioning against protocol. Come on. Are you following it? But for the church, for the children of God, he says, for God is not the altar of confusion. When you enter a church, he says, you may find people who are creating confusion, but obviously it's not God. 
That means confusion is created. Confusion is birthed. Confusion is somebody's book that he has uttered. So when I enter your life and there's confusion, who uttered it? You are the author. If somebody could come into your life and utter confusion, then you are a problem. Your company, who is the one responsible for creating that confusion? I hope you like me this morning. In the marriage, somebody must be responsible for this confusion that is going on. In the school, in your business. So, when there's confusion, ask yourself, who is the author? If it is you, then let's bring in protocol and see if order will not be established. Come on. Am I communicating? Are you following? Your academics is in confusion. Who is responsible? Who is responsible? Ask somebody for me, who is responsible? Who? Who is responsible? God is not the author of confusion. So, who is authoring that confusion? The author. Who is the author? You may be the author of that confusion. How do you establish order and deal with that confusion? Bring protocol. You know, there's a way my wife relates with me. Protocol. You can't go and serve somebody else with my plate. You can say it's all plate. What is all plate? You see, it may sound basic. But if you know what spoils marriages, if the husband knew that going to take another lady is breaking protocol, that is when the confusion started in the marriage. Do you know me? It's, it's protocol for me. I don't, I don't praise girls in front of my wife. That's my wife. is and say, ah, girl, you know why I feel? For what reason? That compliment is for my wife. You get that point? Eh? Somebody say, ah, so <laughs> that means you don't tell anybody you are looking nice. I say you are looking nice. But come on. When you started breaking that protocol, that's why you are looking nice. 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 I've ended. Your husband is sitting there. Or your fiance or your whatever. A guy with you are fine. And you see, you see, right from that time, you see the confusion you are bringing. I tell you, wherever, wherever protocol is undermined, confusion is inevitable. <laughs> when family members don't respect protocol, they will spoil your business. I hope somebody's here. Let's read the scripture again. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. So please check. When you check and examine things and there's confusion, check. God is not the author. The state you find yourself in that state of confusion, in any area of your life, please don't remove any area. Any area of your life that you see the state of confusion, God is not the author. So who is? If you can identify who is, you can solve the problem. Is somebody here? Verse 39 and 40 of the same chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians. Protocol, protocol, protocol. It says, Wherefore, brethren, covet to prophesy and forbid not to speak with tongues. 
He says, don't stop anybody from speaking in tongues. Verse 40. Let's all read it. One, two, go. Let all things be done decently and in order. So he has told you, God is not the altar of confusion. So whatever you are doing, make sure that it is done decently and in order. So for example, when you come to church, everything must be done decently and in order. If there's confusion, God is not the altar. There's somebody inside who may be creating that confusion. You watch the sketch. Look at the confusion. There was the altar. The dickness was the altar of the confusion. Not God. Why? Because he's breaking protocols. By the words, by her actions. At the end of the day, it costed somebody her life. Let all things be done decently and in order. After this service, go and examine your life. Remove every part of your life there and check. Check where a rubber is broken. Check where the grease, there's no grease. Check it where there's confusion. And make sure you restore order by creating protocol. Is somebody here at all? Creating a procedure. How things are done. How things must be done. Why you must get rid of some people and some things so that you can create order. So, the proof that God is in a place is that there is order. Alright? Now, now, I'm talking to children of God. Okay, so, uh, that doesn't mean that when you go to a place and there's a lot of excellence, that doesn't mean necessarily that God is there. But I'm talking to children of God. But the proof, the proof that there is order in your life, okay? The proof that there is God in your life is that you find order. You find what? Order. Confusion is the absence of order. They say charity begins at home. I want to see how your shoes are arranged. I want to see how your clothes are feeling in your hands. I want to see how your room looks. Do you know the reason why a lot of us, our dreams are all confusion all the time? Because the dreams, eh, they pass through your room. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you see the state of your bed. On your bed. What are the things on your bed? So, you see, the dreams, when they enter your space, it's like they take the shape of the room and say, look, let's give him a dream like this. <laughs> it may sound like a joke. It may sound like a joke. Look at how dirty things are. How disorganized things are. And you are wondering why progress won't come. You are the author of that confusion. And until you bring procedure, you bring protocol, things may keep deteriorating. And you may be blaming demons. This is God talking to you. This is you. This is God talking to you. This is God talking to you. <laughs> I heard a story of a guy who was drowning. He was drowning. He couldn't swim. He was drowning. Then a boat came around. Help, help, help. Jumping, jumping, jumping. No, 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 no. I believe God will help, help me. God will save me. So it was terrible. So the, the, the boat left. One, one other boat came. Somebody told a story. <laughs> help, 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 help. Said, okay, let me help you. He said, no, no, no. I believe God is going to help me. He also went and the guy died. So the storyteller said when he died, he went to heaven because he was a believer in God. 
Say, God, when I was drowning, I called you to come and save me. But you didn't. So I send you two boats, foolish boy. <laughs> I send you two, two boats to come and save you. You are telling me I didn't come to save you. God is speaking to you. Probably that downward movement you experience in your life is not because of demons. It's because you hate protocol. You hate order. You hate to follow how things must be done. I pray you get this message this morning. It's a, it's a, it's a short message. Hmm? So look at somebody and ask them for me. Uh, who is creating the confusion? Who is, who is creating the confusion? Uh, if you want to rise in life, respect protocol. Respect protocol. In your marriage, respect protocol. How do you want your home to be? Husband and wife, sit down and set protocol. We don't do this in our home. We don't do this. We don't do this. This is what we allow. This is what, you say, ah, how can husband and wife also sit down to bring all those things? We live life. That is why there's a lot of confusion. Even your, in your finances. Ah, right now, I'm leaving hand to mouth, hand to mouth. In my life, there's hand to mouth, hand to mouth. Every day, what I get, I spend. When I get it, I eat. As a matter of fact, every money that comes into my eyes, I hand to mouth, hand to mouth, hand to mouth. It is hand to mouth. Media people's houses that they are building, I don't know how I'll build some. My, 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 my destiny is hand to mouth. Stop talking like that. <laughs> Stop talking like that. How much money does God bring? Have you ever asked him how you can bring order into your finances? I was sharing something, some, I think a year ago or something. How to structure your finances. How you can spend some, invest some, and, 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 and save some. I know that gets to a time. Let me say this. Saving becomes difficult because you are really doing a project that sucks a lot from you. But then that is an investment. For example, if you are building. Building takes a lot of money. So if you are building. Do I have the right congregation? Yes. If you are building, one of the things that makes you build well is to build fast. So when you are building, this is a free tip. If you don't build fast, you may never finish the building. Because day in and day out, materials may be increasing in prices. And buying cement is difficult. Hey! It's like blood transfusion. <laughs> That's why I tell people, respect landlords. When somebody is able to build a house, respect him. I'm telling you. There are some people, they don't respect landlords. So, so you must build fast. You build very fast. Anybody that tells me I'm building, I say, build fast. Build it fast. Then I ask questions. Build fast. Don't slow down. Fast. Else you won't go and live in it. Especially when you give birth and your children get to a certain age and you are paying a certain kind of school fees. <laughs> it may be very difficult because now this thing is taking money, this thing is taking money, this thing is taking money. Yeah? So when God starts bringing money into your hand, build fast. Tell somebody, build fast. Everybody will have a building in this church. Once you are in this church, I said you will have a building. Some of you will have estates in the name of Jesus. Some of you will have estates. Estates you will rent out and take rent. 
in the name of Jesus. Look at someone and say, you will have estates. You will have estates. You have estates. You have estates. You have estates. I see the Lord bringing to you resources that will make you be able to build in the name of Jesus. It doesn't matter how tough the economy becomes. I said the Lord will find a way to bring money into your hands. And when that money starts coming, think about a building. A building. A building. A bu- you can't live in your shoe. You can't live in a car. Huh? You can't live in your clothes. We live in a house. When you fail to build, you have set the next generation to suffer. When you fail to build. When you build, you have given the next generation a place to start from. Build. You must build. And you know, amazingly, buildings outlive human beings. Buildings. That means building is not for just that generation. It's for the next. So when even you go into the villages, Atakwami buildings are still standing. And shameless city people call it our family house. And when they go there, they still go and sleep in it. Because there was a certain grandfather who thought about the future of that family and placed something there. If even it was mad. If even it was mad. Not mad. Mad. Ateche. When I see a group of people who don't appreciate building, it's a sad thing. And Jesus said, occupy till I come. He didn't say, because I'm coming, don't build. Occupy till I come. So you must build. You must build. You must build. The children of Israel were going into captivity. It was going to be 70 years. And God said, look, when you get there, the the time of captivity is long. So build houses. Jeremiah 29. Build houses. Plant vineyards. That means start businesses. And eat the fruit thereof. Then he tells them, marry. I see myself coming to dedicate your buildings. Uh, you may be in JHS 1 and maybe you are listening to SS1 building right now me building yeah, what am I using building for? You just say amen. amen. You just say amen. Look stop all that questioning and all that. Say amen because you see if you are a young lady oh why right now I'm not really thinking about building. What is building going to do to me? My husband will build one for me. All the young ladies, I want you to shout, I also built. Yes. If God brings money into your hand and you build and you marry, then you transfer it to your husband so that both of you can give it out for rent. Yes, protocol. <laughs> Hallelujah. Please don't endanger the next generation with your lack of appreciation for building. Build. If you are here and your dad build a house, or your mom build out, you, you see the importance of a building because it, it, it provided a certain platform for you to grow in a certain way. Yes. So please, I'm, I'm staring something in you. Huh? I said you will build houses. Alright. So, there must be protocol. The way of doing things. So, set the ways of doing things in your business, in your family, in your marriage, in your relationship. Don't just leave things to the weather. The fact is that, you see, entropy is at work. Everything is in the state of decadence. So you must maintain order, else it will decay. 
whatever area. If you are married, there must be protocol, protocols of conversing. Married couple who don't talk, the marriage will eventually end. It will collapse. I have married couples in army, so let me let me let me preach. Should I preach? You must talk. Protocol in your business. Protocol in your finances. Protocol in your marriage. Protocol in your relationship. Protocol in the church. Hmm? To maintain order. To maintain order. Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 6. Let me just give you some papa part then we are out of here. So when you get to any place find out the procedure. Find out the protocol there. Don't go and make yourself as if there is no protocol in the space. By the time you realize, the space has rejected you. Why? Because you failed to adhere to the protocols in that place. And it is no demon. It's not a demon. It's, it's your hatred for protocol. Look at this. Blessed shalt thou be when thou comest in. And blessed shall thou be when thou goest out. That means at entrances, it's either you are blessed or you are cursed. That means the way, the way into things and the way out of things. Is somebody listening at all? That means there's a set way of doing things. If you don't go by that way, you will not be blessed. I hope I'm communicating. Blessed shall thou be. Okay, so if I'm blessed, that means I observe the protocols that have been set in place. Then that which is ordained for me in that place will be mine. All right? But then if I choose not to, then a blessing won't flow. God respects protocols so much that even in the new Jerusalem, he put gates, gates, entry, exit. Entry, exit. Jesus said, I'm the door. After he has said I'm the way, he also said I'm the door. He said anybody who doesn't enter through the door is a thief. Protocol. You must access the door. The new Jerusalem, 12 gates. Can you imagine? At that place, Satan is not there. No thief there. Why would God set 12 gates and 12 angels to take care of the gates? Why? Order, 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 order. I wonder how some people who say they are Christians, they are so disorderly. I wonder how they will enjoy heaven. You want to go to heaven? You, you have no idea. The heaven you want to go, the protocols there. New Jerusalem gates. And the gates are not just made with metal. Pearls. With gates, men. Angels. The way there's so much disorderliness, how would you survive there? Charity begins at home. Go and start bringing some order. Go and start bringing some order. Whether it's in your room and don't allow people to break protocols. There are some of you, you don't even know where friends go and where friends don't go. Because you don't respect protocols. In everything that concerns you, go and bring in order, bring protocol, bring procedures. Sit down and create it.
Because if you don't spend quality time creating it, you will then utter confusion. And don't blame God. Don't blame God. For example, I'm finishing. I think you are ready for the finishing. Look at somebody say, are you ready for, for, for the finishing line? Remember that protocol is to make things easier for you. Not, not, to, not to harm you. Hmm? I don't know your age, but if you don't start bringing order into your life, you may grow old and realize that, look, I've wasted time. Because wherever you turn, there will be confusion. Bring order. Bring order. If you have a business, those of you with businesses, sit down. Bring order. Create procedures. Don't leave things to chance. Protocol is the only way by which you rise. I tell you. Next week, I'm going to continue. Then we're going to enter deeper dimensions of protocol and read some scriptures. But today, I've introduced it to you. Don't be a person that hates protocol. There are people, you see, they, they so hate protocol that they don't even appreciate other people's difference. Maybe you are in a place. You are waiting. They said, when you come here, you wait here. Respect that. Go and sit there. Don't say, do you know who I am? Do, do, do you know me? That is where you will start to let them ask you, who are you? They said, sit here. You, do you have an appointment? Yes. No. Oh, you need an appointment. Oh, okay. All the time, when you go into a space, ask yourself a question. Am I the one that wants help from there? Or they are the ones that want help from me? If you are the one that wants help from that place, why do you go there and behave as if you are the boss? Is somebody listening to me? Sometimes you even want to see people. Uh, a certain man of God told a story and I think it's a very beautiful example of people who can't appreciate the difference with others. He said he had many sons. Then, you know, a son came and he said, oh, let him wait. Then another son came. Way after that first son had come. Then he said, let the last one come. Say protocol. So he came. Then when he came, he brought the man of God a seed. Then he prayed for him. Then he left. Then the first one who came, now came in. Angry. Frowned face. You are intelligent, so you know why he's angry. Why is he angry? He had been there for a long time and somebody came and they made the person go in. And he had still been waiting. Very angry. So the man of God said, why are you angry? He said, how come I've come to sit here for a long time? This guy just came. They allowed him in before me. And I've been waiting for hours. So he said, okay. Forget about him. What brings you here? Hey, man of God, I need some money. I'm in need. I need help. I want this amount. If you can help me with this amount. So the man of God said, the one who just left brought this envelope. So just imagine if I had allowed you to come first. What would I have given you? He said, appreciate your difference. If you were not made to come in first, you don't understand the, the measures that have been put in place. And you see, you came to collect. He brought. 
Who must salute who? The moment the guy, he, he should have said, go, oh, please go, go, go in first. <laughs> because he, he, he would have probably known that ah, he's bringing what I'm going to collect. When you go into a space, don't complain. Find out the protocols in that place and follow. Most importantly, go home today and sit down. Don't be a person who just lives life as it comes. Very soon, you will be 60. You think it's a joke. I never thought I'll be 40. Man, you know who that? Say, Ah! Very soon, you'll be 60 years. Now that you are 20, there's no order. You are 20. You are 17. There's no order. Your life is some way. Listen to me. If God could anoint 17-year-olds to be king, when you are 17, you can be a disciplined person who sees a great future and plan your life to take a hold of that great future. Maybe you are 30. Very soon you'll be 40, like myself. Huh? I feel like giving you some small scope B. Should I give you 20 to 30, 30 to 40, 40 to 50, 50 to 60? Look, after 60, you should be celebrating birthdays with your grandchildren. <laughs> after 60, 70, by the time you are 70 years, look, you, you realize that you are, you are, <laughs> should, should I give you the, I'm rounding up with that. Should, should I? Should I? Okay, 20 to 20. Let, let's start from 20 years. I have some notes here. Let me give it to you. You see, your formative days are your teenage days. Your formative days. Those of you who are teenagers sitting here, don't waste your formative days. Some people wish they could rewind time and go back to 16. 16 years. They wish they could rewind time, but they can't go back. If you are there in that age, your formative season, don't play games. If you are in school, go to school well. Whatever course you are doing, do it well. You see, no, no course you do is wasted. It will be used one day. Steady well. Your formative days. But today my, my mind is not on teenagers. Let me, let me talk to from 20 years. Are you ready? 20, you are 20. If you are 20 and above, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. Mm. If you are 20 to 30. You see, what you need in the Jewish setting, you were supposed to learn a trade. Okay? And submit under a boss. From 20 to 30, what you need is to concentrate on learning a trade. Something you can do. Uh -uh. I, I think I must stop. I think people are not really happy with it. And find a boss, a good boss, who can teach you what he knows. A good, not necessarily a good paying job. A good boss. Somebody that has a skill. Huh? Somebody, you see, if even you want to learn how to be a mason, a good master who can, who can help you bring out that potential and develop it into a skill. Oh. Look at someone that asks the person, are you between 20 and 30? Are you, 
Are you between 20 and 30? I tell you, between 20 and 30 is a serious season. You can't play with choices. You see, decisions are internal. Choices are outward. So, what informs your decision? That means you must get the right information. That informs your what? Your decisions, which is internal. Which will now help you to make what? Choices. Am I communicating? So, before you choose something, you should have decided. So, decision is internal. Choice is outward. Come on. But what informs your decision? That internal decisions is the information that you have. From 20 to 30, please. A good boss. Somebody that can teach you something. Somebody you can learn trade from. I, 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 am I communicating? Somebody who can pass on knowledge. Because it's formative days. Jesus was shown at 30. Joseph was shown at 30. That means between 20 and 30. That 10 years is prepared. You must be preparing. You must be learning something. That is why when you joke with the teenage days and you enter the 20s, things begin to mess up. Now from 30 to 40. Uh, please, do, do, do you like the message or I should stop? By 30 years, you should have started doing something that you like to do. Something that yeah, you do something yourself. You, if you really want to do it, from 30 years, you should have started doing some things. If you really want to do it. Because time is going. Time is running fast. Some people, they postponed and postponed and postponed and postponed until they are 45. 15 years gone. And they also encourage themselves. Oh, God called Moses at 80. Uh, even at 80, I will do it. But hey! You are not aware that dispensations have changed. You you do what at 80? You will do you will build a house at 80. You will do what at 80? You want to build a studio, you will build it at 80. What, what would you do? You really want to create a, a, a clothing line, you will do it at 80. 30 to 40. So if you are 30 years here, within that range, look. That's why I cry when I see a 30-year-old. He's not, he doesn't have a trade. I know a certain guy. Right now, he's walking through a doom and he looks mad. I knew him. What did I do? I met him and he, he asked me for money. That was about 10 years ago. He asked me for money. More than 10 years. More than, it would be like 12, 14, 15 years ago. 
Then he asked me for money. Then I said, hey, you are young. You shouldn't be begging. What do you want to do? I want to help you. I want to learn carpentry. I, myself, I went to look for a carpenter. I was ready to pay the apprenticeship fee. I was ready to buy whatever. The day of appointment, Rabasa, he didn't come. He didn't come. He didn't come. I waited, I waited, I waited. He didn't come. He wanted cheap money. He want people to just dash him money. The world doesn't work like that. It doesn't work. People will get tired of you. Oh. He didn't come. Many of meet and say, hey, look, th- time is running out to you, Muslim. Now, eh, he, he's like a mad guy. He's walking in a When he meets you and he asks you for money, you don't give, he's insulting you. I wonder if he's bad for many years. Somebody I wanted to help. 30 to 40. <laughs> Am I communicating? <laughs> you are 35. 35 years. No trade. No skill. You cannot get up in the morning and say, this is my work. I'm going to work. I have a business. I have a trade. You wake up waiting for somebody to dash you. Dashes won't last forever. <laughs> dashes, they, they don't last forever. <laughs> They'll get tired. They'll say, look, my dashwa, my dashwa, my bread, my bread, konako pejuma, my dashwa, ding, eba simni. And sometimes you say there's no job. It's not true. It's not true. Many people are lazy. That's what I've told you. Learn how not to give people free money. Get them work to do. Then intentionally make a lot of utensils dirty. Let them come and scrub afterwards. 50 Ghana. You know, I'm a builder, so I work with masons and laborers. The amount of work a laborer will do a day before he gets 80 Ghana. Hey! Sometimes me, I pity that. <laughs> Yes, the amount of work a mason will do. Sometimes they are like this. They are like this before they get 120 CDs. So when you dash somebody 120 and all the time it's like, Charlie, when I go, he will dash me. Look, you are not helping the person. 30 to 40. What you really wanted to do, you should have started doing. 40 to 50. Forty to fifty. Some of you, you are getting close to fifty years. <laughs> hey, when I entered forty, I said, "Hey, Father." Forty to fifty. At forty to fifty, you should have been learning a lot. Huh? For about twenty years, you should have been learning a lot from twenty years to forty years. Huh? So now, what do you do? Do what you are good at. You should have by now located what you are good at. Can you just imagine myself, that's me, I now want to go and become a pharmacist. How? (laughs) This is what I'm good at. By 40, you should be doing what you are good at. At 40 years, you are still doing try and error. Mamma, show is a 
By 40 years, you should have come to the place where you are doing what, 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 what you can do and what you can really do well. What you are good at. Huh? Oh, it's not good. By the time I finish this, you will tell me when is the best time to marry yourself. Yourself, when you calculate, you will say, I should have married at this time. Just look at it. 40, you are not going to get married. Some of us caught this thing quite early. 27, I said, I'm married. I'm getting married now. My father was like, ah, how you I said, oh, da, me worry. <laughs> 27, I'm, I'm getting married. Tuesday, Tuesday, we'll be married for 14 years. Tuesday, 14 years. <laughs> Tuesday, this coming Tuesday, 14 years. Just imagine I'm now going to get married. That's why some people, they can't see their children's engagement. They can't see their children getting married because they gave birth when they were... <laughs> anyway, let me stop. <laughs> now, 50 to 60. 50 to 60, somebody should be supporting young people to become the best that they must become. Huh? That means anybody from 50, you should, you should be a good coach of the younger generation. Now, when you are 60 years and above... <laughs> If even you will live to 80, at that time, the things you invested your life in as a young person should now be giving birth for you. The real estates you build should now be giving birth for you. The lifelong spiritual consecration you had given yourself to should now be showing forth your fear, the fear of God that you have worked in. Because at that time, if you didn't follow God well, and you liked women. Ah, Magombo usata kasa There's a certain age. All the seeds you sown in your youth, they now start coming on you. So if you like entering holes, other holes, apart from your wife, I hope you understand the holes. Hey! I think there are youngsters here. I have to close the service. At that time, you realize all the seeds you sown in your youth will now start coming back to you. What vision are you staring up? What dreams are you staring up? What are you doing? You are 20 to 30. What are you doing with the season? 30 to 40. What are you doing with the season? 40 to 50, what are you doing with the season? Listen to me. The sun, it rises at a time and it sets at a time. Everybody's sun will rise, but surely it will set one day. In that period of time, where your sun is shining, what will you do? I hope I'm talking to the right congregation. I pray you won't waste your life. Go back home and sit down and create order. Set things in place. Bring protocol and make up your mind. I will fulfill destiny. When I look back, I will not be singing the songs of regret. I will be singing, thank you, Lord, because I made the right decisions. Therefore, I was able to make the right choices.
God bless you. And let the wisdom of God that has come this morning cause you to think in the right direction. Sometimes when we say wisdom, people don't understand wisdom. This is what wisdom does. Wisdom influences how you think. That's what wisdom does. Wisdom influences how you what? You think. Because when your thinking is affected, it will eventually affect your actions. As a man thinketh, so is he. So wisdom has come to you. I pray that you walk in wisdom by creating protocol, bringing order. May you not be the, the author of confusion in your own life. No. Go and remove anything that brings confusion in any area and see how when you set order, your life will begin to progress and make progress to higher heights. Go. Start from your bedroom. Go. Start from your school. Go. Start from your, your studies. Start. Start. Your domestic life. Bring order into your domestic life. Into your marriage. Into your relationship. Don't leave any stone on ten. I pray by the time I meet you next week, your face will be smiling and say, ah, I'm glad I've, I've started creating order. I'm glad I've started creating order. Eh? When you are 60, eh? we will come for your birthday party. And your wife and your grandchildren will be around. Your children and your grandchildren. Uh, we, will, we will not come and meet you in a wheelchair. Uh, regretting the life you lived in your youth. We will come and see you and your grandchildren. Your children and your grandchildren. I will say, ah, mama, how are you? Oh, daddy. You, you are 60 years with gray hair. You think it will never come. That time will come. Ah, but even before that time, when you are 20, let's see that. Let's see that wisdom. 30, 40, 50. Mm -hmm. Kaish. God bless you for listening to today's message. If you want to give your heart to Christ, just say this short confession after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you died. And on the third day, you were raised back to life and you are alive. I confess with my mouth that Jesus, you are Lord. You are the Lord of my life. Even from this day forth, precious Spirit of God, help me to live for the Lord all the days of my life. God bless you. If you said that confession, you are a child of God. Make sure you are planted in a church that will raise you in the word of God so that you become a tree of righteousness that will bear fruit to the glory of God. God bless you. Thank you for listening to The Shepherd's Voice with my Pastor Christian. We believe you have been refreshed by the shepherd's stream for a glorious living in Christ Jesus. You can get the messages of the man of God, Pastor Christian, on Facebook, Telegram, YouTube, Podcast, or Podcast Addict, all at My Pastor Christian or Shepherd Stream Church. You may also call our helpline for the messages and the books of Pastor Christian and for pure pastoral counsel and any other enquiry on 0540-953-017, 0540 
0815-953-0017. We also have the pleasure to invite you to join us in our glorious celebration services this and every Sunday at the Fresh Oil Assembly, Kumasi City Church, KCC, Edum, right opposite the GRA building, behind the Ejaba building. My Pastor Christian also comes your way with Shepherd Stream Prayer Session this and every Friday at 6.30 p.m. at the church premise at Edum. You can also join in the prayer session via Facebook Live at My Pastor Christian. Come, pray, and experience the glory of God. God bless you. Shalom, shalom.